Welcome to the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the CR Checkup Podcast. So excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. I hope that I got a chance to either see you on Monday in Goodyear or on Wednesday in Buckeye. But either way, we love to have this uh, this time to check up with each other and hopefully invite you in on the conversation that we had, um, in this case, on Wednesday. And so I'm very excited to have this conversation. We're having a, a conversation about a testimony that came out at this past Wednesday. Um, and so we've got her here with us. Would you mind introducing yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm a spoiled, rotten child of God, walking in victory over a whole bunch of hurts, habits, and hangups, and still struggling with grief. And my name is Linda. Hey, Linda. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. Thanks so much for making the time to, to come out on Wednesday and to uh, have this conversation. Yeah, always. So um, for those who weren't there on Wednesday or, uh, you know, you've come out to, to our group in Goodyear a couple of times. Uh, this is first time out in Buckeye. Uh, and before we even jump into that, um, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience. Maybe what people might uh, walk into if they, they come and visit us on Wednesday night. So, um, so I, I was surprised it was in a school. I was expecting <laughs> yeah. um, so that was kind of surprising. Um, but I loved, um, I loved the way it was set up and it was so easy to find. The signage was excellent. Um, and I also, I, I, I was so shocked. You, you guys had only been running for three weeks and you had, you had a fairly large group there. So I, I thought that was pretty awesome. And, um, and, you know, the ladies were very welcoming and um, very open. And it was just an amazing evening. I was really blessed to be there. Mm, praise God. I'm so grateful that you came out and that you enjoyed your time. And we were certainly blessed by having you out, too. So uh, that being said, for those who uh, haven't heard your testimony um, or they weren't there on Wednesday, whatever it may be, would you give us uh, just a little overview of kind of what brought you into Celebrate Recovery and uh, kind of just what you shared in a snapshot on Wednesday? So basically, I shared that when I first discovered Celebrate Recovery, I was looking for something to fix um, my then husband, um, who has since passed away. But um, I, I didn't I was so deep in denial of my own hurts, habits and hangups. And I was so codependently trying to fix him that um, that that's how I ended up at Celebrate Recovery. But um, God revealed to me my own dysfunction through through that process and and then I was able to start focusing on myself and my own personal walk with God and and really um what that process did was discipled me. So it it mm. changed it changed my walk with the Lord from Jesus being my savior to Jesus being my Lord. Mm. And so that's um that's you know I tell people celebrate recovery is a discipleship process right yeah. um and it, and it teaches you how to be obedient to the word of God yeah and you say uh, Jesus to be your Lord meaning uh, him being the one that's in control of your life is that yeah. yes yes 
Beautiful. So it's not just a, a what happens when I die thing, but you know how I live and breathe and act here uh, in today and present. Yes. Beautiful. Um, I love your story for so many different reasons, but I certainly uh, I just love hearing um, stories about people who come in to celebrate recovery, looking to support somebody else, which, by the way, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. It, it, you know, we can we can want that for our loved ones. Um, but, uh, but yeah, certainly beginning to discover, Hey, there's some things going on inside of my life that I could benefit from this. And, um, I was wondering, you know, as you were, you were beginning to work through the program and, um, you know, you, a lot of hurts began to kind of pop up. Right. And you started to realize just kind of the, the damage that, um, had been done and that you had experienced, um, I guess what I would, I would ask is, did you, how, what was your process of, of getting to the point of, of saying, I think that this program could help me with my hurts, right? Because I think habits and, and addictions and, and, you know, hangups, those, you know, are those process issues, things that I'm doing that need to be, you know, interrupted and, and, and changed, um, maybe a little bit more easier to understand how I could apply that to the process. But then when it comes to hurts, um, do you, could you explain a little bit what that process was for saying, okay, I need to take, or I want to take this process and apply it to my hurts so that I can work through them. Yeah, I can tell you the exact moment, actually. Um, so <laughs> I was, um, I had been in the program for a couple of months and um, I had joined so I so I started visiting CR in October of 2009. Okay, and so um, it was sporadic. Okay, and then um, probably like January, February, I started attending more often. And by April, I was in the step study. <clears throat> but somewhere in that in those months um, between October and April, I had heard a testimony. Um, a girl had shared about being um, sexually molested as a small child. And I, you know, I, I shared this before, you know, before I even started doing any work at all in CR, I would weep. I would mm. weep walking up the steps to CR and I could not figure out what was wrong with me because I was one that would never cry in front of people. And, and there I'd be crying, not even knowing why. But the Holy Spirit had already begun to heal me before mm -hmm. I even started any work on my own. Right. Yeah. And so when I heard that testimony, I just I bawled the entire night. I couldn't even share it group because I was still sobbing. Um, but it was at that, that that moment of hearing that testimony about um, being abused as a child that the memories came back. Um, not only, not only of things done to me, but of things that I had done yeah. and, um, and it just, it, it was just, it was the catalyst. It was the catalyst to me realizing that I, I have a lot of issues in my life that I need to deal with. So. Yeah, no, I think that's so beautiful. I, each new kind of endeavor in my recovery has started the same way 
with hearing a testimony. Um, and I really loved what I heard uh, not too long ago was, um, I didn't know that this was a problem because I didn't know it was something that could be healed. And I thought that that was so beautiful because, you know, a lot of the hurts are kind of like, well, those are just things that happened in my past and they're just there. And, and that's whatever, you know, I think what we hear a lot, right. Is, Oh, I'm over it. It doesn't bother me anymore. It's not a big deal. You know, I don't even care, you know, all these different things. And what ends up, I think really happening in, in that is, is uh, this this denial or disbelief that anything could be done with them, like like that it could be different, you know, um, our experiences or the the emotional or physical impact that's happened to us. You know, I think most of us have settled into thinking, well, that's the way that it is, and it's it can't change. And so, um, yeah, that's really that's really beautiful. That's just the, another uh, point back to the importance of of testimonies. And so, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for your, your honesty there. Um, so obviously, okay. So 2009, right. You've been working through this. God was revealing some things to you and you began working through a step study. Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, that's obviously not a short story in itself, uh, but you've been working through that. Um, but even as you have progressed through the ministry, uh, life continues to happen. Right. And so, um, you got a chance to come back a, a couple of months ago in Goodyear and share kind of an updated testimony. Um, and for those who haven't heard that, and for those who maybe have heard your testimony on Wednesday, uh, could you give us like a little update about what's been going on and kind of how you've continued to be in the program uh, for several years now? Yeah. So <clears throat> what happened to me was I relapsed in my codependency. Um, so I, I, found myself again in a codependent relationship that was dysfunctional, that was, um, um, you know, I, I was, I was acting out. I was being sexually moral in that relationship. Um, you know, I just, I found myself even having walked with the Lord so closely and been healed from so many things. Um, not understanding that, like, it's really easy to think that you're healed from codependency when you're not in a relationship. Right. right. And so, and, you know, I, I thought that I, I was good. Right. I thought that I was good to go. Um, but I ended up, I ended up in another relationship and, um, you know, realized I was knee deep in codependency again, um, and, um, sacrificing my values and, um, you know, <laughs> doing things, um, based on actually it's, it has to do with identity because mm -hmm. I forgot who I was. I forgot who I was and found myself in a relationship where I kept trying to prove my value, um, which, you know, <laughs> comes from forgetting who you are in Christ. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, okay. Well, and at this point, you were in a, a leadership position, correct, in, in yeah. Celebrate Recovery? And so yeah. can you walk us through that? What's that look like, um, being in that position, right, and experiencing a relapse, right, and coming, getting honest about that, and then uh, kind of walking us into kind of where you're at today? What does that look like? Yeah. So, um, so like, I was in denial for a while. I was in denial for a while. I, I um, you know, I kept... I kept trying to get out of the relationship, kept thinking 
that, you know, this time I'm good and I'll stay out of the relationship and then back in it. And it was just, it was a mess. So I was in denial for a while. And then, um, and then my son passed away and, um, you know, which caused so much pain. And I wasn't in denial that my son died, but I was in denial about how much pain I was in over it, where I desperately wanted to go back into the relationship to, to sell the pain, right. To, to, um, to give me something to distract me from the pain, to give me, um, you know, anything to, to be distracted from it. Right. And so just like some people act out with drugs or alcohol or whatever, I acted out by, by wanting to be back in this dysfunctional relationship. And, um, and so I ended up back in the relationship and, um, it and it and then four months later, my um, my then ex husband passed away. So, who was the father of my my three children, who I'd been with over twenty years of my life, who was still my friend. Yeah. And um, and this person I was in relationship with, they could not understand why I would grieve. Mm. Right, and I was grieving by you know, being in the word and journaling my feelings and allowing myself to cry when I needed to. And, um, and it was just so obvious at that point that, um, that the relationship wasn't going to, it wasn't going to take the pain away. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't going to, um, it it wasn't going to accomplish what I was trying to accomplish with it. And, um, and so then it, it ended again, but then it, it ended final. It, it was the final ending. Um, and you know, and I still had not, um, stepped out of leadership, right? At this point, at this point, I, um, I was so messed up in the head. I was grieving. I was in so much denial over the pain of my grief um, that I didn't even realize that I was on the edge of a breakdown. I was mm-hmm. literally on the edge of a breakdown. And I, I didn't even know any of this until I went back and read my journals, right? <laughs> I, I did not realize how dysfunctional my thinking had become. Um, my mm. reasoning had become my, my, um, all of my, um, survival mechanisms had kicked back in. Right. Mm. And I was in, I, I couldn't see any of it. I really couldn't. And then COVID happened. And, you know, because I lived alone and I was no longer in that relationship, it was just me and Jesus. Mm you know, um, and, and I had to come face to face with myself and the mess I was in. And so at that point, I, I stepped down from leadership. I, you know, I called, I called my leadership team. Now I had had, um, I had had conversations with people in my leadership team prior to getting back in the relationship. When I had ended the relationship previously, I had confessed to my sin and I, you know, I was, I was, they had, they were aware, right. They yeah. were aware that I had struggled with that, but that, um, that I had come out of it. And then, but I didn't, I had, hadn't confessed to going back into the relationship after my son passed. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And so, um, so I just, I had to get real and I had to say, you know what, I'm a mess right now and I can't help anybody right now because I can't even help myself. I'm a mess. Mm -hmm. And so I just stepped down from everything. And then, um, and then during COVID, um, I, it's kind of like, I, I feel like it was like being in an intensive care unit with Jesus mm -hmm. right? where like, I was just, I was so at the end of myself, you know, that there was nothing that I could do anymore. Um, and there wasn't, there wasn't a person in the world that could help me. And, and I had to rely 100% on Jesus. And so um, in coming face to face with that um, and, and it, and, you know, actually admitting to God, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I had prayed for three years that God would not take my son because I'd had a friend's son pass away. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was just something I would not be able to survive. Right. I had prayed specifically that God would not allow that to be one of my trials, that I would lose one of my children. And when that happened, I was just, you know, I was sure that I wasn't going to survive it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, being in a place where I, I realized, you know what, I can live without my son. I can live this life without my son, but I can't live it without my relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I cannot live without Jesus. And so when I got to that point, that's when the healing started. And that's when um, God started like really opening my eyes to um, how I was handling things in in my in my old thinking right in my yeah. in my old um survival mechanisms instead of relying on him and his grace and his strength um and so like <laughs> that's what i had to do i had to um go back to step one and realize that i'm not god and i i have no control over my tendency to do the wrong thing right mm -hmm. and and it, so it was starting the process all over again and working the steps but in this case it was just well and i was talking to my sponsor on the phone sure. too but um but it was mostly it was just me and jesus right me and jesus yeah. working the steps with me and jesus and realizing i'm a mess right and thank you that you have the power to help me overcome this and i yeah. i believe that and i'm i've i'm now giving this to you i am putting this in your hands and um you know and it was just starting over you know, and then I, and then I worked a fourth step on the whole thing. And, you know, I talked to my sponsor and like I had to literally work the whole entire 12 step process over again just for this this scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's so beautiful. Um, well, thanks again um, for just sharing in your honesty and through all of that. And uh, there's so many things that just come up and and that are so important to kind of pull out of all of this is, you know, big thing is understanding is, you know, we're always still going to be fallible, right? We're always still susceptible to making, you know, poor decisions. We will always do that, right? And no amount of, you know, being in leadership or amount of years in the program uh, doesn't make us susceptible to that. And so um, it's, it's just so, that's why it's so important to continue to stay transparent and to continue to, you know, share these things. Um, so that we can 
progress, you know, make progressions. And even in the progression, um, there's still mistakes happening. And that's the thing with, you know, you, the, the way that you were working through your program, um, it truly was a progression because if you hadn't been where you were at, um, at the point where, you know, you were making some, some poor decisions, I, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be where you're at right now, right? If, if you didn't have the foundation and the structure that was already in place when these other things happened, you know, um, you know, you, you might've, you know, stumbled into celebrate recovery and, and found that stuff then. Um, but you certainly wouldn't be where you are at now spiritually with, with Christ and, and all of these other things. And so I think that's really beautiful. You have made progression, um, from 2009 until today, it's just been progress, you know, nonstop progress. And I think that that is a, a beautiful reminder to, you know, hopefully those who are listening and understanding, um, you know, making mistakes in the program doesn't defeat anything, anything that had happened before. Right. And actually, um, actually what happened was um, in starting um, the celebrate recovery at North Phoenix um, and, and, and becoming now a ministry leader, right. You know, I had served in different capacities at Shiloh you know, as an encourager, coach, uh, apprentice and stuff like that and celebration station leader and stuff like that. But I had never been a ministry leader. Yeah. And in, in becoming a ministry leader, I was believing the lie of Satan that, yeah. okay, so now I can only be an example. So now I can't <laughs> feel about my dysfunction, right? I can't be real anymore. I have to be um, always the hope and the healing, right? And yep. so I was not working my program. Yep. I was not being open, honest, transparent, vulnerable, right? Yep. I was I was sugarcoating everything and, and putting a gloss on everything about because I, you know, I, 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 right? It gets you. <laughs> I'm responsible to be the example. I'm responsible for these people's recovery. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got all up in my head and I wasn't working my program. And that's why the relapse happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, you have to work the program. You have yeah. to work the yeah. program. It, it doesn't work if you don't work it. Right. And so I, I was immersed in it. But I wasn't, well, I wasn't working the program. I was not yeah. coming out of denial. I was not admitting I was powerless over my hurts, habits, and hangups, right? I was not, I was not working the program. But if you work the program, it works because yeah. it's literally walking through obedience, the word of God. Yeah. Well, but, and I think the thing about, you know, I mean, my, my story is this way too. Um, but just with your story is, is understanding, although, you know, from the outside looking in, it's oh, okay, man, I made a mistake. And, you know, people would say that backsliding and, you know, you call it relapse and these things, but in the grand scheme of everything, this was still a part of your process, a part of the process of understanding. Um, it, and that's just the, the unfortunate and fortunate reality of the program that we work is knowing that we're going to continue to make mistakes. And through those mistakes, now with the tools that we have, more will be revealed to us, right? Because it's the unfortunate 
mistakes that take place that point inwardly to see the deeper hurts and resentments that are in place to dig them up and uncover them to be able to say, oh, wow, I had no idea that this was lying dormant down in my soul and blocking me um, because walking through the doors and that initial denial um, is a, is a, seems a little bit easier. I don't want to say, you know, to minimize anybody's experience what, what whatsoever, but there seems to be, you know, stages of denial of like, there's some, some surface level denial that, you know, I know it's there, but I'm consciously making the decision to say, I'm not dealing with it. And then as you continue to work through the steps and then go back and work through them again, you know, you stay in the pro program for a while. Um, you know, I've, I've experienced this where then, oh, there's, there's this other denial that's, that's, it's not even denial that I can see and I'm denying it, but denial that I can't see. And I'm denying that it's, you know, I, I won't even allow myself to get to the point to even seeing it. Right. And mm -hmm. it gets deeper and gets deeper. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's, that's what's so, I'm so grateful for your story is we've seen this a lot of times in, I mean, church leadership, but in, in ministries like Celebrate Recovery or any kind of program like this is people get to this point, oh, I'm in leadership, I'm doing this, I made a mistake, and now I'm just going to, you know, run and hide because I'm so ashamed. And that's just, that's, it, it, it doesn't, it makes sense and it doesn't make sense. But the reality is, is that, yeah, that's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. At no point are any of us completely, you know, immune to <laughs> making poor decisions. That's just not the way it works. And so when we have people like you who are willing to say, I made a mistake, I'm going to take a step back, but I'm coming back full force, you know, it, because I believe that this works and I'm not going to, you know, just live in those lies. I'm going to step out of denial. And, and you already mentioned, uh, you've already talked about this actually quite a bit in your share, but um, could you share maybe just a little bit of advice or maybe even just what was most beneficial for you maybe then and now um, with step one, we admitted that we are powerless over addictions and compulsive behaviors and that our lives have become unmanageable. What, what maybe was kind of a key for you and what might be beneficial for, for our listeners with step one? So um, never thinking you've arrived, right? Yeah. Never thinking that you're done, you're good to go. Every time, I, every time I do that, every time I think, oh, I'm pretty good, I end up falling <laughs> flat on my face, right? Yeah. Um, you know, realizing that this is life recovery, so it's a lifelong process right? Yeah. It's not, it's not like we're not, we go in the oven, we come out, we're done, right? It's, it's, <laughs> right. Not, like um, it's not like that. It's, it's a lifelong process. And, and to not be afraid, because, um, you know, like, who I am in Christ has not changed. Right. Right. I, I made a mistake. I sinned. I brought my sin before the Lord and I was forgiven. Um, and so, and and I I'm not done with that either. I am right. I'm, I am like ninety nine point nine percent sure that I'm going to mess up again, right? But I also know that um, the the blood of Christ covers past, present, and future. Right. Amen. Right. And and I also know that He knows my heart, and He knows how much I love Him, and He knows how desperately I want um, 
to, to please him and to be a good example to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. And so, um, so like, don't think you're done. You're never done. Right. And then the other thing that I want to share is that I would never wish anyone um, to lose someone that they love. Right. I would never wish that kind of heartache on anyone. Um, But God has taught me something through this that I, I couldn't have ever learned otherwise. Um, Number one, the sacrifice of Jesus, that how the Lord felt losing his own son for those few hours or whatever it was. Right. Um, Like the death of love the father has for us that he would allow that process to take place. It's just, I have an understanding of it now that I never understood before. Like I, I know how much he loves us in an incredibly deep way. And then the other thing is that suffering, it produces a fruit that you cannot get any other way. And, um, and it's valuable fruit. It it really is. Um, you know, when you, the Bible says, you know, we, we, we share in his sufferings and we also share in his glory. Right. But we do share in his sufferings. And, um, and, and, you know, when, when I realized that I had turned my back on Christ, right. When I realized when I was in that Peter moment of realizing that I had denied Christ, that shattered my heart more than my son's death, right? Mm. It shattered my heart to the point where I feel like anything left that was hard in my heart is now gone. Mm. Um, And I have um, so much empathy now, um, so much love and compassion for yeah. people that I didn't, I didn't necessarily have before. Yeah. Um, I have an understanding that wasn't there before. Mm. Yeah. And so I just, um, so I wish it hadn't happened. Absolutely. But I'm grateful for what came out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And I love the imagery you use. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I share too, I share that I get a lot of sponsees, right. They're struggling with drugs and alcohol. You know, they generally gravitate because that was kind of my main thing. And, um, and I just share with people, you know, they it's difficult to wrestle with me. How come I'm an addict? Why do I have to struggle with this? You know? And, and today I'm so grateful that I'm an addict and I, my heart goes out uh, to people who aren't addicts because I've lived in a depravity of mind and self that is undeniable of me needing a savior, right? There's no doubt that I, <laughs> cause I've lived in utter insanity and, mm-hmm. um, there's no doubt in my mind that, um, left to my own devices, I will destroy myself. And so it's, it's, a uh, I don't want to say easy, but it's, it's, I can understand why I need uh, a savior. And and for those who haven't lived in that insanity, like I have, I, I can only imagine how difficult it is to arrive to a place and saying, I can't do this by myself, you know? And, 
I love what you said of just, um, you know, saying God broke, it shattered your heart and kind of woke up things right that, that were there. And, and I just, just picturing that in my mind of, and, and running it through that scriptures that, you know, uh, you know, to make a new heart, God, give me a new heart, you know, and, uh, sometimes, yeah, that old heart needs to be broken and exploded and shattered into a million pieces so that that new heart can be, can be made. And, um, and I just think that that's a beautiful way to look at it. And I, I totally agree with you. I, I try to share that with folks, uh, when you're going through, when we are going through difficult times and situations, uh, those are times to lean in and, you know, don't, you know, it's unfortunate, right? We don't want to go through that stuff, but there's so much, like you said, good fruit that's in that season that we're so busy trying to get out of it that we're missing what the, what fruit is there. And so, um, as hard as it is to go through those things, yeah, lean in and, and listen to the, listen for the still small voice, because, uh, there's something hopefully that we aren't ever going to experience again. Right. We're never where, you know, hopefully I don't have to go through that again, but, uh, you know, there's beautiful things in there that I don't want to miss so that I don't go through it again. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things I, I shared with the ladies is that, you know, no matter, no matter how you act out, right. No matter whether it's drugs or alcohol or sex or however, you know, gambling, pornography, however you're acting out, um, it's the same problem. We all have the same problem, right? We're trying to avoid pain. We're trying to, we're trying to be um, you know, distracted from our pain, you know? And so when, when my son passed and my, my sponsor kept telling me to embrace the pain, I couldn't hear that. I, mm. I wanted desperately for this pain to not exist. I wanted it to go away. I didn't want to, I didn't want to embrace it. I didn't want to accept it. I, didn't want it to exist. Right. But when, when I broke my heart worse (laughs) by denying Jesus in my life, right. Um, you know, that pain, embracing that pain, right. Embracing it. And, and I can't, (laughs) I can't, it's so hard to describe. It's so hard to to articulate um what that means exactly but to know that i can have this pain in my life and i will still be okay because Mm -hmm. i have jesus amen yeah there's so much there too i yeah and we could continue i'm just on the topic of pain by itself we could I could surely go on and on, <laughs> but we have uh, reached our time limit. We want to res- respect the time of our listeners. And so I would love, um, could we just close out with maybe some encouragement you would give to the newcomer or to the person who is uh, thinking about joining CR? Yeah. So CR definitely works if you work it, but you have to work it. It's also very evident that we cannot do this life alone. 
We need our brothers and sisters around us. And I have traveled all over the U.S. and visited many, many, many CRs all over the U.S. And every time I walk in those doors, it's just like coming home. I'm surrounded by brothers and sisters and forever family. And that's really what we need in our life, right? And so I would just encourage you to keep coming back because next thing you know, you're going to realize that you are part of this amazingly large, loving family that is loud and crazy and... (laughs) Um, but, but they're there, they're there for you. They're, they're they're never, they never walk away from you. And so, um, yeah, keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it because you're worth it. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, one last thing to leave with, uh, if folks are looking for another group, where are you guys at and when? So North Phoenix CR meets on Thursdays at 630 in the the downstairs of the chapel. And we're at um, Central and Bethany Home. Right on. Thank you so much, Linda. I love you. And I'm so grateful for you and just your willingness and your obedience and your just all around good heartedness. Um, I can't wait till uh, we can get another chance to get together. Yeah, I love you too. And I love your sweet wife and give her a big hug and kiss from me. You got it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. We would love to connect with you further. You can reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else.